Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. My goodness, do you think it took the Lord to tell him that? Go back one page to the end of Deuteronomy. You notice in verse 7 that the word says that Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. You know, recently I had some more eye surgery, and my surgeon in Chattanooga, and I know he's going to be listening to this. He listens to every one of our messages. His wife, Barb, Dr. Tom Reynolds, his wife, Barb, are very faithful, wonderful partners of our ministry, have been for many years. Right before he did the surgery, Dr. Tom came in and said, "Uh, Okay, Steve, we're fixing to help you get the eyes of Moses. And Dr. Tom, I am still reading without glasses, so bless you, bless you, brother. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands on him. Hallelujah. Amen. Moses had laid his hands on him. Do y'all know that there is a transfer? Some people in here believe it. There is a transfer in the spirit realm of that which is given by God. There is a transfer. Old and New Testament, you see it over and over again, the laying on of hands. Well, it's not just for some idiotic, nonsensical reason, there is a, listen, there is what's called in the Bible symbolic action. That is, there is an action in the physical, in the natural realm, that exemplifies and portrays a spiritual transaction. A natural action that releases a spiritual transaction. It might be what Jesus told us to do through the breaking of bread and the taking of the wine in Holy Communion. It may be through baptism. It may be through the laying on of hands. It might be through the anointing of oil and the prayer of faith. But there is symbolic action where a, a movement in the, in the physical is a transfer vehicle for a spiritual operation. So the word says here that Moses had laid his hands on Joshua. It is also 
not, not just a transfer of, of spiritual authority, it is also a public declaration of affirmation, here is your new leader. It's passing on from me now. It is an affirmation of the new leader. So Joshua, this had already happened. Now we see in verse 1 that we just read that the Lord speaks to Joshua and he says in verse 2, Moses is dead. Did he not know that? He had actually known that for a while. But how many of you know you can know something but not be able to get past it yet? How many of you know that before you can move on and take God's assignment and be successful at it, you have got to deal with your source of security? What God was saying to Moses, I believe, is your source of example, your source of security, what you've always fallen back on is not here anymore. Can I ask you something? What is it that you have consciously or subconsciously, knowing it or not knowing it, who is it, what is it that you have always relied on without realizing that it is holding you back from moving on and taking the next step? Is it a parent? Is it a spouse? Is it a family member? Is it a boss? Is it a job? Is it a customer? Who are you really, way down deep in the depths of your inner man, who really is the source of your security? Remove them and you're toast. What is it what is it? Is it an amount of money? Is it a job? Is it, is it the accolades of people? What is it that God would say, that is dead? What or who is your source of security? i got to tell you that the Lord loves every one of us so much that He will not forever allow us to hold on to false senses of security without us having to deal with it. Whether it's money, whether it's persons, people. Years ago, the Holy Spirit revealed to me as I was seeking what was holding me back in some areas of my life. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I had never dealt with the pursuit of the approval of somebody that I just kept on consciously and subconsciously wanting that person's approval and it was holding me hostage. And the Holy Spirit finally said to me, way down deep, the source of your security is tied in with what this person thinks of you. 
and you are afraid way down deep you have a hidden fear that somehow you won't please them or they won't be they they, they won't be they won't give their stamp of approval on you so way down deep in your inner man you are still afraid that you will fail to gain their approval I know right where I was when the Spirit of the Lord told me that. And I said to the Lord, you were right. You were right. And I hereby declare to you, I didn't know it, but you were right. And so I hereby declare to you that I will cease from this moment on seeking the approval of of this person as somehow a secret source of my success. And the Lord began to set me free from a bondage I didn't even know I had. Everybody say it with me. Holy Spirit, show me those areas of my life, the who's, the what's, where I have invested security without even knowing it. God had to say to Moses, I mean to Joshua, the man is gone. I mean, he was the man. I mean, everybody in Israel could say, oh man, we've got an, uh, gee, we, we, we got the Hittites after us. No problem, we've got Moses. We don't have any food out here in the wilderness. No problem. Moses will take care of it. He'll go before God and get an answer. We're confused. We're wandering around. Don't worry about it. Moses will take care of it. He will meet with God. God will tell him what to do and we'll be okay. Long as we've got the man, we will win. Everything will be okay as long as the man is right here. Can I tell you all something? At some point in all of our lives, God is going to make us deal with where our security is and who it is. And if it's anywhere inferior of God himself, we're going to, listen, we're either going to have to deal with it internally by the Holy Spirit or he will begin at some point to bring pressure from the outside to make us deal with it. Say it with me, Holy Spirit, I tell you again, tell me where I've placed a false sense of security, and I will repent and lay hold of you, and you alone, as my security. So the first thing Joshua had to do to get fully successful is to deal with the fact that God had removed his tangible expression of security and he was absolutely out there without a net. No backup plans. God is either going to come through or I'm sunk. Have you been there? If you haven't, you'll get there. 
Oh yeah, it'll happen. Because the Lord wants to do you a favor. It's painful, but he wants to do you a favor of removing all false sense of security in your life. Now, he wants to place blessings in your life, and he wants to put other people and other things in your life. But he doesn't want you to make the mistake, the fatal mistake of believing that somehow they are the source of your well-being. And I want to tell you, in that withdrawing process, that weaning process, it can get brutal. I mean, it is no fun. No fun. But I also have to tell you that those whom the Holy Spirit begins to move in there and mightily begin to tell you in the Spirit, orchestrate from within and orchestrate from without, those that really begin to understand and rely totally on the Lord as the source of their well-being and security, there is enormous blessing, enormous influence, enormous opportunity to lead, enormous resources coming. There are good things coming mightily for those that the Lord moves and works. Amen. It's all the way through the Word. Now notice what he says next. Every place on which the sole of your foot will tread, I've given you, as I said to Moses. By the way, what did God call Moses? His what? His servant. Does everybody in here understand that the greatest position in all the world is that of service? Jesus said, the greatest among you should be your servant. Recognition is nice, and the fact is we all like it, and it's not wrong to enjoy it. But it's wrong to seek it. Service. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Look, I have, you know what God's saying? I haven't taken my promises off the table. I haven't changed my mind. All the promises of God, the Word says, are yes and amen. But notice what he says. You, everything you're willing to, to tread upon, you have got to get out there and step on the land. This is a partnership. This is not a, okay, God, you do everything and just tell me when it's over and I'll enjoy the show. No, no. This is a partnership. Without God, you can't. Without you, he won't. It's a partnership. So understand that he's giving, you go out there and you step on the land. You got, can I ask you all something? Have you stepped on your land? Yesterday afternoon as Dina and I were returning from a place up around the, the, the summit, I looked and I saw these signs out in the woods. All these signs, every, every few yards, sign after sign after sign after sign. And what the sign was doing was proclaiming who owned the land and telling everybody else, stay away. This land belongs to 
and they placed it on the owner, put the owner's name on it. Can I ask you something? Where has the devil got his finger on your land? Where is he stomping around and, and, and enjoying something that belongs to you by divine right that's been given to you through the trust fund of the blood of Jesus? You need to put up some no trespassing signs. You need to get out there and step on your land. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm hereby declaring that no demon of hell is going to have the business that God has given me. And I'm just telling you right now that every assignment is going to die and is going to fail because this belongs to my God. And I want to, tell, I want to put the world and the evil one on notice that my children belong to God. I don't care what state they're in. I don't care where they are. My God is hearing my cry and I am declaring that the blood of Jesus covers them and brings them to wherever they need to be. You got to put your foot down. On the ground that the Lord gives. Does that mean you can just go, go around like some people have recklessly done, just claim everything? No. Notice what he said next. You've got to put your foot down. But then he gives them boundaries. He gives them unlimited power within the boundaries of what he gives them. Then he, he tells them in verse 4, here's what I'm going to give you from the wilderness of Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. In other words, you go out there and tread, but I want you to tread on the ground that I say belongs to you. So stay within the bounds of what I've promised you. Notice what he says, be strong. I, I, I'm sorry, verse 5 no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Can I ask y'all something? Who do you think it is that's keeping you from being able to prosper and succeed? Who is it? No man will be able to stand against you and keep you from having what I promised you all the days of your life. No man. Yeah, but Pastor, there, I, I tell you, the, the devil sure is after me. The Word says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The Word says greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So here's a question for you. If you've got a promise from God that no man can keep you from having God's best and no devil has the authority that you have in the earth in the name of Jesus, then wouldn't it make sense that the only person who's going to keep you from having God's highest and best is you. Everybody say it with me. Nobody can keep me from having God's best but me. That's sobering, isn't it? Then he says, only be strong and very courageous. 
that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses made. That was the only recorded word of God they had. This book of the law, you might as well say this word of God is the only recorded word they had. This word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Be careful to do it. And then I will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. My word is the resource that you need. Oh, you thought you were going to need guns and, and uh, armies and to take out the land of Canaan and you thought you were going to need... No, it's my word that you need. My word. Do you know that everything that you need today is somewhere in the word? And the listen... The revelation and the manifestation of that word comes in proportion to how we meditate on it and be careful to do it. Everything you need is in the word. And see, the word is not just ink on a page. The, words, the word is spirit and life, Jesus said. The word of God is full of life and power. It is living and sharper than a two-edged sword. And God says, I want, you to I want you to take, listen, you don't have Moses to depend on anymore. I want you to depend on my word. Get it in your heart and in your mind and in your mouth. It is the key to your success. Think about that for a minute. Here was a man who had no experience leading over two million people. Here was a man whose hero, his source of security, had just passed away. Here was a man who was leading a group of people with an awful track record of obedience. Here was a man who didn't know how in the world he would ever defeat all the ites out there, Hittites, Midianites, Canaanites. They outnumbered him. The, the task in front of him was overwhelming. Notice what God told him. He said, well, you get out there and get a real good picture of just how overwhelming it is. No. He said, you turn your focus on my word. You meditate on my word. And why is that? Because once you begin to meditate on my word, you don't think about all that's against you. You begin to get revelation of who's for you. And he who is with us is greater than he who is against us. But you're not going to know that without begetting revelation of the Word. And let it become. Meditate in it day and night. Be careful to do it. Don't let it out of your mouth. I've commanded you to be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid nor be dismayed. That is disheartened, anxious, worried. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, verse 9. <laughs> my, my, my. Well, you go on through there and you see that they asked that the two and a half tribes, there were two and a half tribes out of the twelve who had not moved on and were given the permission not to move over the Jordan River. They were given rest. Notice in verse 14 and following that those tribes who had been given rest, they were able to settle. They didn't have to keep moving. Those who were given rest were called on to come and join the fight for those who were still having issues of their own bondage. 
All right, now listen to me, church. Are you listening? If you're in a season of rest right now, you have a holy responsibility to listen to the Spirit of God and join others in your faith family who are in a fight. I mean, it's not enough to just say, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm in such a season of rest and blessing. Thank you. If, yet, if that's where you are today, then you need to ask the Lord, show me those people that are associated with me in the family of faith. Show me where I need to get involved in intercession. Show me where I need to get involved in encouragement. Show me where I need to get involved to help them get into that season that you've graced me with. Let me tell you something. There are not a whole lot of them, but God has raised up some people to help you in the fight. And a lot of those have had experienced in war. Listen, they've had experienced in war, but they are presently in a season of rest. But they will jump in there with you because they know what it's like. Church being the church has to do with people standing with you in your time of warfare, albeit their season is a time of rest. Well, notice in chapter 2 and verse 1, Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from the Acacia Drove, saying secretly, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Can I tell you something? God's got people everywhere. Now, they, they, they weren't going uh, to the harlot's house for any ill-conceived motive. They were going there on a direct assignment from the Lord. Notice how many did he send out according to verse 1? How many did he send out? How many? Well, thank you, three of you are looking at the Bible. How many did he send out? How did that differ from how many Moses sent out to begin with to spy out the land of Canaan? How many was that? And now he sends out how many of you know that sometimes it's a good thing to quit listening to so many people? However that wants to hit, you can take that one or leave it. That is interesting, isn't it? Now I hasten to say that both of those numbers were assigned by God. You know the story. God had spoken to this woman and told her about the coming power of the Israelite people. Here's a point I want to leave you with today. There is absolutely no way that Joshua 
And that group of people who were out there had been slaves for 430 years and had spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. There was no way they were a match for the challenge they were given. God is going to give you an assignment that is way over your head. There is no way that you can do it in and of your own strength or resources. You're going to need the resources that he brings to bear. You're going to be totally dependent and he is going to strip you of all dependence and security measures of other people. And it won't be a fun deal, but I got news for you. He is preparing you as a champion to use you mightily, to bless you mightily, to give you a legacy unlike anything you have ever known. We're still studying today about this man that God chose that was in over his head. What did he do? Pastor, what did he do when he saw all of this? He only did one thing. He just took the next right step. He didn't know how to defeat all the ites. The first city he came against was called Jericho. It was a walled, massive city that there was no way the Israelite people and the volunteers could have taken it. No way in and of their natural strength or training. They couldn't do it. Well, what did God tell him? Approach it. Approach it. Just walk toward it. Oh. So they began to move. What did they have to do before they got there? This overwhelmed man, God said, okay, cross the Jordan. Can I tell you something? Before you enter into great spiritual victory, you're almost always going to have to cross some kind of something that looks like you're not going to get through it. It's almost inevitable. And that place is going to be a place that is not familiar. You've never done that before. But what did God say to Joshua? Cross the Jordan. What does that mean to me, God? Just go put your feet in it. You can't stand there and say, well, if you would just do this and we'd go over. No, you've got to walk towards it. Take the next right step. You don't have to figure out how you're going to do it. Just take the next right step. How many of you know most of the time God is not going to tell you five steps ahead of time? Only thing you're going to know to do is to take the next right step, and sometimes that just means getting up and facing the day. Walking in His grace. The next right step. Why, why doesn't He just spell it out for me so that I'll know everything to do and won't miss it? Many of you know God is not interested in the classroom. He's interested in relationships. He don't want to work with you on a chalkboard. He wants to work with you as you get out there and you move and you, and you depend. And sometimes you fail. And sometimes you fall. It is a process. Why? 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 Because God is about relationships. And relationships are not built in the sterile realm of academia they are built through personal experience, success and failure. 
joy and pain. relationship you knows what jesus said when he said i'm leaving but i'm sending the holy spirit and here's what he's going to do yes he's going to teach you all things but he is going to guide you he's going to guide you come here just a minute otis y'all know otis and ashley mcgee they're mentorees of Jeremiah and Jean become faithful members of our church. And I, I want to tell you, there's a lot of you who are new. That's not, that doesn't escape my notice. It's not up to me to call on you in there and embarrass you. But, you know, I see Sam over there and see Alan and Diane. Uh, and Nancy been here a long time, I see. Anybody else new here? I'm learning names, you see. Y'all got that, didn't you? I just want to show you something. I, you know, you and Ashley are fairly new. I, I want to show you something. You know, here uh, is a piano that we never used because we've got the greatest keyboardist in Jeff Easter that's ever been. And, uh, no, I, I wanted to show you here. This is our worship leader. This is Miss Sharon. And, um, you know, this woman, pray for her a lot. She's been married to me for 41 years. <laughs> She needs a lot of grace and, and everything. And, you know, the way you operate the lights and the air is over here on the wall. And, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, I'm guiding them. Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and the Word says that He will guide you? He's not going to sit there and lecture you. He's going to guide you. And that's a winding road sometimes. How does the Spirit, thank you, Otis, how does the Spirit guide me? Well, the Word gives us several ways. He speaks to us always through His Word. That Word's not going to change. The Bible says sometimes He guides us through impressions, that is, deep internal impressions. The Spirit of God says in His Word, and the Word has it recorded for us, that sometimes Paul said, it just seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. It seemed in our inner man, we had peace and settling, that it was the right thing. It was an impression of the Spirit. And sometimes God speaks in ways that you can see and hear. Paul said, my, my, my partners and I, we were going on our journey, and we said, well, we're going to go on into, I believe it was, I don't know if it was Bithynia or Macedonia, I've forgotten right now. But the Spirit did not permit us. The Spirit did not permit us. We were on our way, and boom! Uh-uh, you're not going there. And sometimes God intervenes through that which is natural and observable and seeable. God intervenes through different things. Through events, through processes, through medical professionals, through jobs that come and go. See, you, you, you can have a whole bunch of jobs, but you don't have but one assignment. You have a calling, and that is to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to him who loved you and redeemed you. And just take the next right step. An amazing thing happens as you continue to take the next right step. 
in the absence of taking the next right step, all you get is confusion and frustration and you begin to go back and gravitate back toward those false senses of security. And that's lethal. But if you'll just take the next right step, you'll begin to find your next assignment from the Lord. And you're always going to find he's not in near as big a hurry usually as you are. But he's never late either. He's always right on time. The Lord, listen, is more focused on where we're going than he is on what we're going through. The Lord is more focused on where he is taking us than he is on what we're going through to get there. Where we're going is always more vital than what we're going through. In everything you're going through today, nothing has taken God by surprise. Nothing. And He is always there to meet you and greet you and go ahead of you regardless of what it looks like. Remember what He said in the early part of our message, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you wherever you go. He's more than enough. Oh, hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me? Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, provider. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Oh, whatever it is. The Lord, our peace. say, Lord, I don't want me to stand in the way anymore. My own sources of security deal with me about it. I'll let go of them. I'll let go of them. Give me the ability to trust you more, knowing that you, you know every detail of my life and that you're the only fulfillment that I have. I promise you, Lord, I know with all my heart, I may not act like it, but I know that you are the source of my security. And I pray by your spirit that you would give me the grace that I will live with that abandon, trusting you as my source of abundance and security. The only place I find meaning, purpose. Would you stand with me today? we sing that little chorus that we've been singing right from the beginning of this series I'm not going back I'm moving ahead let's sing it together not going back. 
Thank you for that, Lord. Even the correction we receive is out of love and grace. Thank you so much. Pray, God, that you would do a mighty work in all of these, your children. Thank you for your love for them. Reveal a greater revelation of your love to everybody here in this room than under the sound of my voice. Give us greater revelation of your love, Lord. Fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we may walk in a manner worthy of fully pleasing you at all times, bearing fruit in every good deed and increasing in the knowledge of you. We give you thanks and praise today. We praise you, O oh God, that you are watching over their steps, protecting and guiding. Give us the guidance and the grace to take the next right step. The precious and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, all right, we'll see you in two weeks. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.